This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. So, what's on our plate today? Today, we are sharing the story of apples. The saying, as American as apple pie, exemplifies how iconic apples are in American culture. They're grown across the country in practically every state. However, over the last 40 years, bananas have actually surpassed apples as far as consumption goes. But the saying has remained the same. Why? Well, while there are approximately 10,000 different varieties of apples grown worldwide, more than 7,000 of these varieties are grown in America, including at least seven kinds of wild apples. There are between 25 and 30 varieties of wild apples grown throughout the world, most of which are crab apples with small, sour, hard fruit. The crab apple is the ancestor of many of the varieties of apples grown today. The apples you find in grocery stores today are essentially the result of cloning. This is because apples have a characteristic known to botanists as extreme heterozygosity, meaning that although apple trees will reproduce readily in the wild, an apple grown from seed won't be anything like its parents. This is great for evolution, leading to the thousands of diverse apple varieties that have adapted to almost every environment around the world. But how can you reproduce the same variety and ensure that those grocery shelves are stocked with endless piles of Granny Smith and Red Delicious? Well, the only guarantee of reproducing a specific apple cultivar is grafting, which is how modern apples are propagated. Growers must graft limbs from an existing tree onto a younger, sturdier trunk called the rootstock. The fruit produced will be the same as that of the grafted branch. This method allows orchards to harvest a certain variety consistently, yet it also limits the variety of apples available in standard grocery stores. Luckily, there are farmers out there who are enthusiastic about discovering apple trees that produce a wider variety with the goal of resurrecting old heirloom varieties and preserving those apples through grafting. Apples are members of the rose family, alongside pears, plums, peaches, cherries, strawberries, and raspberries and their blossoms are much like wild rose blossoms. They have been a part of the human diet for tens of thousands of years. Apples originated in Central Asia millions of years ago, likely in the mountains of Kazakhstan, where you can still find a wild apple growing. This wild apple is botanically known as Malus siversii, and it is the great-great-great-etc-grandparent of the modern domestic apple, Malus domestica. The lady apple, a variety still grown today, is believed to be one of the oldest varieties on record, documented as far back as the 1st century BCE. Apples were taken from Asia to Rome and Greece by Silk Road traders and spread to the rest of Europe with the Romans. European settlers brought apples and apple seeds with them to America. North American apple harvesting began with the settlers at Jamestown in 1607, though it wasn't until 1625 that the first American orchard was planted by William Blackstone on Boston's Beacon Hill. Although the original varieties planted were not all suited for cultivation in the New World, their seeds began to produce all new varieties of American apples. Many of these apples were still fairly bitter, unlike the sweet varieties we enjoy today. 
American writer Henry David Thoreau is famously quoted for saying that the occasional bite was, quote, sour enough to set a squirrel's teeth on edge and make a jay scream. Still, he insisted that he preferred the wild apple, quote, of spirited flavor to the civilized versions found in orchards in Massachusetts. So colonial apple trees were first cultivated to produce cider more than for eating the fruit. Cider had become a popular beverage in England in the wake of the Norman Conquest in 1066, and the English settlers brought their taste for cider with them to the New World many years later. Colonists grew their own apples, and with concerns around sanitation, they often served a fermented cider at meals instead of water, including a diluted cider for children. Cider became so popular that it was sometimes used to pay salaries, and was said to be more valuable than tobacco. It has been estimated that during the 19th century, Americans drank an average of 32 gallons of apple cider every year. The focus on eating apples instead of drinking them is traced to prohibition. Apple farmers were afraid of losing their market, and while many apple orchards did go out of business, others began promoting apples as a tasty and healthy food. One such apple variety that proved to be good for eating when it was not so good for cider was the delicious apple, a variety that is prominent today. The delicious apple was born in 1870 in Iowa. A tree seedling that refused to die eventually produced that apple, and the farmer sent samples to the Apple Fair in Louisiana in 1893. Clarence M. Stark, president of Stark Nurseries, dubbed this apple as delicious, and hence it got its name. With the popularity of the delicious and other sweet apples, the apple industry regained its market after Prohibition, and other cultivars were marketed for making pies, apple butter, and applesauce in addition to eating raw. A few well-known American apple orchardists include George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson is not only a founding father of the United States, but is also considered a founding father of the Fuji apple. As the story goes, the French minister to the United States in the 1970s, Edmund Charles Genet, gave Thomas Jefferson a gift of apple cuttings. Jefferson donated these cuttings to a Virginia nursery, which produced an apple called the Rowles Genet. In 1939, Japanese apple breeders crossed the genes from the classic Red Delicious apple variety with that of Jefferson's Rouse Genet, resulting in the Fuji apple. The word apple comes from the Old English word apple, spelled A-E-P-P-E-L. This was the generic Old English word for almost any fruit, as long as it had a chewable outside and a hard core. Oranges were referred to as apples, cucumbers as earth apples, Dates as finger apples, the name pomegranate just means grainy apple, you get the idea. The French palme de terre refers to a potato, but translates directly as earth apple, as is the same for translations of the Dutch, Hebrew, Persian, and Swiss German words for potatoes. So this generic use of the word apple may be the reason why many have theorized that the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden was an apple, though the book of Genesis in the Bible doesn't specify the name of the fruit that Adam and Eve aren't supposed to eat from the tree of knowledge. Various other suggestions include everything from grapes to figs to pomegranates and more. Fun fact, Michelangelo's temptation and fall on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel features figs as the forbidden fruit, while Milton's Paradise Lost writes of the apple as the forbidden fruit. The apple may also have been associated with the fruit in the Bible because the written form of the Latin word malum means both apple and evil. The word malum was used in a 5th century Latin translation of the Bible, and the apple has been associated with the Garden of Eden ever since. Though apples do grow in the uplands of modern Middle Eastern countries, where the Garden of Eden is theorized to have been, 
there is no conclusive evidence in the Bible to back up the theory. Apples exist throughout mythology and culture from ancient times. Greek and Roman mythology referred to apples as symbols of love and beauty, and today we refer to something we love as the apple of our eye. According to Norse mythology, Thor and the other gods of Asgard gained their immortality from eating magical golden apples. Apples made of gold feature in Greek mythology as well, and are also said to bestow immortality. One notorious Greek myth tells how it was actually a golden apple that started the Trojan War. As legend has it, Zeus planned a wedding feast on Olympus for the sea goddess Thetis and her beloved, the mortal Peleus. Zeus invited all the gods and goddesses except for one, Eris, the goddess of discord, because she would only bring chaos and misery. When Eris learned about the party that she was not invited to, she was furious. She stormed into the great hall and flung a golden apple into the crowd that was inscribed, For the Fairest. Naturally, every goddess rushed to claim the fruit and its title, and they were slowly eliminated through the ensuing argument until only three goddesses remained. Aphrodite, the goddess of beauty, Athena, the goddess of wisdom and war, and Hera, Zeus's wife, the goddess of women and marriage. The three goddesses turned to Zeus to choose which of them was the fairest of them all, but instead he said that the fairest judge in the land would decide the matter. And who was that? None other than the young man Paris of Troy. Paris could not refuse a command from Zeus, and so he was brought before the goddesses, who began to offer bribes. Hera offered power, and Athena offered wisdom. The last to step forward was Aphrodite. She offered love, promising that Helen of Sparta, wife of King Menelaus and the most beautiful mortal woman in the world, would fall in love with him. Paris could not resist this final offer, and he handed the golden apple to Aphrodite. So, when Paris raided the house of King Menelaus and stole Helen away to Troy, he received Aphrodite's gift of Helen's love. But when King Menelaus discovered his queen was missing, he vowed to return Helen to Sparta, no matter what, and the land of Troy would be destroyed. So began the Trojan War, and it all started because of that golden apple. Let's not forget the apple's presence in American folklore, with the story of Johnny Appleseed, walking barefoot through the American frontier, planting apples wherever he went. Yes, he was a real person, but his name was John Chapman, and he was born in Massachusetts. Chapman collected apple seeds and ferried them west as he traveled to preach the gospel as a new church missionary. He distributed wildly random seedlings to settlers far and wide, establishing apple nurseries in West Virginia, Ohio, Indiana, and Illinois, and providing a variety of apple genes in those areas. He taught farmers how to plant and care for orchards, and became known for the thousands of apple trees he planted. The trees he grew from seed were still fairly sour compared to modern varieties, and so were mostly made into apple cider. Still, he laid a foundation, quite literally, for orchards to come. Apples have also left their mark in art and literature throughout history. Robert Frost and Emily Dickinson wrote poems about apples, and one of the Middle Eastern folk tales in the Arabian Nights features a magic apple that can cure all human diseases. Predating the saying that is still popular in modern times, an apple a day will keep the doctor away, which first appeared in print in 1866. So can an apple a day really keep the doctor away? Well, they just might. Eating apples has been associated with lowered risk for a variety of cancers, stroke, and diabetes. And they've even been studied for their potential ability to protect the brain from developing Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. Apples are rich in disease-fighting antioxidants and a variety of vitamins and minerals including potassium, 
folate, and vitamins A, B, C, E, and K. Apples are also rich in fiber, low in calories, and free of fat, sodium, and cholesterol. Apples have even been called nature's toothbrush, as they can help clean the teeth and massage the gums and lower a person's risk of tooth decay. Apples are, of course, eaten fresh or sliced atop salads, but they can also be cooked, juiced, or made into applesauce. There are many varieties known as eating apples that are perfect for eating raw, and there are also varieties known as cooking apples, which, as the title implies, are primarily used for cooking. While there's no harm in cooking an eating apple or eating a cooking apple, there are some differences that you can see and taste with each type. For example, apples that are best used in cooking or baking have a lower sugar content and are usually more tart than eating apples, and they tend to do better in storage. Some popular cooking or baking apples include Johnna Gold, Granny Smith, and Pippin, while Brayburn, Fuji, Golden Delicious, Cameo, Cortland, and Empire are often favorites for eating fresh out of hand. If you're feeling adventurous, download the Specially Produce app and explore the different types of apples that exist beyond the grocery store. Reference the application section for each variety's best use, explore recipe ideas through the gathered links, or simply indulge in the history and fun facts associated with each unique cultivar. And don't be afraid to find a new apple, maybe here at Specially Produce or at your local farmer's market, that you can really sink your teeth into. Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. Be sure to follow at Specially Produce app on Instagram for some amazing produce photos. And while you're on there, give us a follow at Plated Earth. As always, you can find more information, recipe ideas, and spots of local produce on the Specially Produce app. Tune in next time for more food fables. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.